Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi there and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast and this is the second part of of what will run to probably uh, three or four uh, episodes on the Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young song Ohio um, which was uh, a protest song about the Kent State shootings in 1970 where National Guardsmen, the Ohio National Guard gunned down four students um, at uh, the Kent State University in Ohio who were protesting uh, against the Vietnam War. and this part of the, the narrative, and this is drawn from Dorian Linsky's uh, 33 Revolutions Per Minute, which is a history of protest music. This part of the narrative um, is really about um, establishing the the social, political and cultural climate uh, of the times. And um, the fact that in the late 1960s, uh, Richard Nixon was really creating the kind of the conditions for a a, a cultural civil war um, during um, the the the, uh, the final years of of Vietnam, because of course what is easy to forget was that is that um, you know 
the the hippie movement and not as a, as a term I particularly like to use, but the 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 counterculture in all its various guises um, was dwarfed by the size of American working class and middle class conservatism with a small C. Um, people who lived um, fairly conventional lifestyles believed in the authority of the government believed in the system, uh, the capitalist system under which they lived, and were fairly or quite religious. And the, um, these were the people that Nixon knew he could uh, rely upon and call upon in order to win elections. And so cultural discord and societal discord in, in America was all uh, was ideal really um, and he um, he played on this um, expertly and really has um, set the kind of the, the the model for what American conservatism is all the way up to Trump in uh, every um, Republican president that followed since which would be Reagan uh, the two Bushes and Trump, there has been some sort of cultural war. And when um, the Democrats are in power, take for example Clinton and most recently Obama, the uh, the weaponization of um, uh, the language of culture um, has been a huge, well, has been the, the principal weapon that the, the right has used in order to destabilise Democrat administrations. By the way, I'm not suggesting for a moment that Democrat, the Democrat administrations of Clinton or Obama are being remotely on the left. So in the um, administration, there was a policy called positive polarisation of actively trying to create polarisation. And the key event in 1969 was the trial of the Chicago 7. It was Chicago 8 as it began with, um, but later um, the dismissal of, of Bobby Seale as one of the defendants uh, led for them to be reduced to 7. OK, so the, the trial of the, the, the Chicago 7, of David Dellinger, Tom Hayden, Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, Randy Davis, Lee Weiner, John Froines, and of course, um, Bobby Seale, but he was uh, absented in the end, began on the 24th of September uh, and the uh, charge was conspiracy to riot. The um, reason why the charges had been brought was because there was a riot outside the Democratic National Convention in 1968 um, as the Democratic Party chose its new candidate and the, uh, uh, the um, anti-war activists of the SDS, the Students for a Democratic Society, and the Youth International Party, the Yippies, which was um, the uh, led by uh, Hoffman and Rubin, um, created the circumstances. Though it was largely uh, down to to the police, re in reality, um, for a, a riot to take place. The trial, uh, writes Dorian Linsky, began on the September the twenty fourth. Rubin and Hoffman 
hope to put the system itself on trial and pump their message into millions of American homes. The prosecution planned to retrospectively tie disparate, even competing personalities into one big sinister plot. Each camp was selling an illusion to the viewing public, exaggerating its opponent's villainy in a kind of media arms race. Abby Hoffman demonstrated with his flair for phrase-making that um, uh, dubbing the courtroom a neon oven, insisting he was a citizen of the Woodstock nation, and claiming, rather optimistically, that rock musicians are the real leaders of the revolution. The defence called a string of uh, counterculture stars, including Allen Ginsberg, Timothy Leary, Norman Mailer, Arlo Guthrie, Phil Ox, and Country Joe MacDonald, who began fixing to die. No, 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 Mr. Witness, interrupted Judge Julius Hoffman. No singing. Uh, MacDonald recited the lyrics instead. If the prevailing mood was on a puckish disrespect, then a darker note was sounded by self-styled revolutionary Linda Hager, Linda Hager Morse. Um, after Chicago, I changed from being a pacifist to the realisation that we had to defend ourselves, she said, speaking for many of her peers. A non-violent revolution was impossible, I desperately wish it was it was possible. One of the problems of the left in the 1960s is that it was fragmented and you had small parties like the SDS fragmenting to even smaller parties. Um, one of the, mo the most um, infamous of those being the Jesse James gang and they fragmenting even into even smaller parties. And one of the offshoots of the Jesse James gang was a group called Weatherman or the Weather Underground. And the uh, reason for choosing the name is that it was derived from Bob Dylan's song Subterranean Homesick Blues where the line says, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. And um, the Weather Underground were one of the uh, few groups in uh, America during the 1960s to actually resort to acts of terrorism. They um, did uh, send out uh, bombs uh, and um, I don't believe they managed to kill anybody, but that's kind of not the point. So during the night, the, um, the, the trial of the Chicago 7, um, the Weather Underground staged its own media event called the Days of Rage. The intention was for a second Battle of Chicago, writes Dorian Linsky. Bring the war home, urged posters and leaflets, although the hopeful hordes of working class revolutionaries never materialised and plans for a wargasm rock festival came to nothing. A few hundred demonstrators embarked on two days of street fighting, during which the uh, the lawyer, Richard Elrod, who pushed for the Chicago 8 indictments, tried to leap on a, um, a weatherman, missed and crashed into a wall and was paralysed for life. That night, Hayden was racked by anxiety. Between Judge Hoffman's courtroom and the weatherman, he asked himself, where was the sanity? Most left-wing commentators regarded the days of rage as a feeble, irresponsible fiasco. Hendrik Hertzberg of the anti-war magazine Win called it um, a huge unearned windfall for the forces of repression. Chicago Black Panther Fred Hampton, uh, whom Weatherman considered an ally, denounced the group as an anarchistic, opportunistic, adventuristic and custeristic. Um, at Weatherman's December War Council in Flint, Michigan, they sang vicious parodies from the Weatherman songbook including White Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white riot, just like the one on October 8th. And Dylan's Lay Lady Lay. Stay, Elrod, stay. 
stay in your iron lung. Of, over subsequent months, they went underground, cutting ties with their families and assuming fake names in preparation for further action. And uh, I think the point that Fred Hampton makes here is is, is the kind of the salient one in that uh, not all kind of uh, action by the revolutionary left was actually welcomed by the rest of the revolutionary left or seen as uh, helpful or warranted or useful. Um, and it gave the Nixon administration um, a perfect opportunity to appeal directly to the this group that uh, this demographic that the administration the Nixon administration called uh, the silent majority of middle Americans who were becoming um, highly dissatisfied and resentful towards the radical social changes of the 60s and if they could point to uh, troublemakers and malcontents uh, and dangerous types um, then they would em embrace the kind of social and cultural conservatism that Nixon uh, Nixon offered. This combined with the Southern, Southern strategy which is a kind of a different conversation altogether um, with, with the kind of the roots of Nixon's electoral success in 1972. The idea of armed revolution went mainstream in 1969. Short-lived Who affiliates Thunderclap Newman cried, hand out the arms and ammo on something in the air, while Jefferson Airplane whooped, got a, re got a revolution, got to revolution, on volunteers. Columbia Records cynically branded their early 1969 rock releases revolutionaries with the slogan, the man can't bust our music. An even hardware company, Vaco, jumped on the bandwagon calling Join the Tool Revolution. As critic Robert Christogal shrewdly noted, it took about 18 months from 1967 to late 1969 for the idea of revolution to evolve from an illusion of humorous politic um, uh, politics um, to a hip password. Um, you only need to look at uh, movies like Network, uh, the Sydney Lumet uh, movie. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Where a, a, a tired and a demoralized broadcaster who claims to be um, speaking um, the word of speaking the truth for the first time in his life is uh, co-opted by a network that suddenly finds it immensely popular. I think um, network is set in uh, in the, the, the late 1970s, but uh, and how the ideas of the counterculture are very quickly corporatized and packaged and resold back to a restless and angry audience. It's a brilliant movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it, um, to show how this conception of, of revolution suddenly became very, very tame, very, very um, easy to kind of co-opt and, uh, and sell. Um, there are all sorts of fascinating moments in the Marvel comics of the late 1960s where obviously Stan Lee and Steve Ditko and other um, uh, of the uh, the kind of the original Marvel crew could see which way the, the wind was blowing and uh, created all these sort of rather uh, created particularly the character of, of Black Panther um, uh, uh, characters that they thought would capture an audience. In this ruling year, writes Dorian Linsky, every major event seemed to invite two opposing perspectives. Take Woodstock. The national media, in the same brief, Aquarian frenzy, which led Hollywood to produce such calamitous LSD farces as Candy and Skidoo, went gaga for the history's biggest happening. A swooning Time report approvingly quoted Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and declared in its energy, its lyrics, its advocacy of frustrated joys, rock is one long symphony of protest. Although many adults generally find it hard to believe, the revolution it preaches, implicitly or explicitly, is basically moral. Some of its readers were not so sure. Congratulations, wrote Mrs. A. Anderson Huber from, the, uh, from Atlanta. Your article does a superb job of furthering the moral decay of this nation, but it was people like that who um, would, uh, that that attitude, that sentiment, which would win out in the late 60s and the early 1970s. Um, by the mid-1970s, with the end of the Vietnam War, the student protest movement really begins to kind of crumble, um, and particularly with the end of the draft, it, it, it goes into it, into steep decline, and the um, sense of fighting to reclaim the nation from moral turpitude and um, was a huge kind of consolidating and motivating factor on the political right that managed to help uh, guide. Uh, counter counter revolutionary or anti progressive movements from um, the mid nineteen sixties 
onwards. Um, a particular example being the, the galvanization against the Equal Rights uh, Amendment um, led by the Conservative Phyllis Schlafly. Anyway, those amongst the silent majority who saw Woodstock as a muddy Sodom and Gomorrah found their very own anthem the following month in Merle Haggard's country music hit, Oki from Muskogee. Although Haggard would later call it a satirical look at middle America, bemused by weed-smoking, free-living hippies, and it, and it is a pretty funny song, millions of listeners embraced it without irony. The Oki, when celebrated by Woody Guthrie as a proletarian hero for the left, was now a resentful patriot who waved all glory and believed in living in right and, li and being free. A subsequent live version was punctuated by an entirely unsatirical cry of Tell It Like It Is from a crowd member, and the follow-up single left no room for humour. In The Fight Inside of Me, Haggard delivered a surly warning to squirrely griping peaceniks who were running down my country. Like Oki from Muskogee, it topped the country singles chart for weeks. And the, the success of um, the conservative right in the, the next couple of decades was based on understanding who Merle Haggard was speaking to. Instead of a working class that saw itself as being uh, the victims of um, economic elites who expropriated wealth from them, Merle Haggard in, was the people that bought Merle Haggard's records believed that they were victims of a, a bourgeoisie, a left liberal bourgeoisie that didn't know it was born. Um, arrogant, out of touch, uh, unpatriotic and uh, stuck in academic ivory towers. Uh, they were content to run down the country and tell other Americans that America was bad and racist and imperialist and all these other isms. Um, and to undermine the efforts of uh, America's fighting men abroad, um, combined with um, a an, an aesthetic, a physical look of you know men with long hair and beads and things like that, who were um, um, smoking uh, cannabis and taking drugs and listening to um, Jimi Hendrix, um, and advocating uh, lifestyles which were um, fairly alien to lots of middle America. These were the people that Nixon could uh, could speak to. And again, the relationship between um, the elite political class and the uh, the American working and middle class um, has really been expertly captured by the political right. There's a reason why people like Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush adopted this kind of persona of the kind of the rootsy folksy down at home guy um, who don't speak fancy highfalutin talk. No, no, he's the sort of person who, who isn't going to belittle you. It's immensely popular. It is immensely popular and it works. Um, and the idea that um, a uh, a rejection of um, academia, a rejection of the student movement, a rejection of um, 
the, um, the the kind of the east and west coast um, liberal intelligentsia was the key to winning election after election. This is something again the political right have understood implicitly and still understand today. And in a way, there is the seeds from in the late 1960s and 70s of weaponizing this kind of anti-intellectualism um, that you see in a much more exaggerated form in the 2000s and leading up to uh, the, the the Trump era where uh, and it, it has been part of the the playbook of Fox News particularly since the 1990s of those snobs are laughing at you or those unpatriotic liberal know-nothings who think they're so terrifically clever are running the country down this is the, this is kind of like the narrative the political narrative of how conservatism works and if you look at who was around in the the nixon era many of them uh the the, the you know the the likes of donald rumsfeld and dick cheney um made it through you know rumsfeld died only a few weeks ago um they're they the after kind of the, the their sort of afterlife from um, uh, Nixon uh, onwards uh, shaped the Reagan years, shaped the Bush years, and um, if it weren't for the fact that Trump is a, a rank political outsider, would have shaped Trump as well. And but Trump has Roy Cohn, who is has a heritage all the way back to kind of McCarthyism, and Roger Stone, who was a, a kind of a, uh, a one of the, the sort of like the malign influences um, around the, the Watergate scandal to uh, help him to uh, further a very similar agenda. So it's really really fascinating to look at how. The cultural struggles of the 1960s um, are um, still still with us and still being played out. Dorian Ninsky writes, In the final weeks of 1969, it was as if the worst fears of both sides had become flesh. Middle America came face to face with 35-year-old Charles Manson, the nightmare hippie whose crazed followers, drawn from the human flotsam of Hyde Ashbury, had hacked to death actress Sharon Tate and three of her friends in August. But Weatherman's Bernadine Dawn called the killings wild. The anti-war movement learned about Lieutenant William Kelly, a man with bland good looks of high, a high school jock who'd allegedly ever seen the massacre of 109 civilians in the Vietnam, Vietnamese hamlet of My Lai, um, following the Tet Offensive. But in one poll following the publication of reporter Seymour Hersh's revelations, 49% of Minnesotans refused to believe it had happened at all. Two crimes emblematic, um, two, uh, two crimes, two emblematic villains, two Americas. And I guess if there is, um, is there isn't a clearly observable parallel with our times of the refusal to believe objective truth, um, then, you know, uh, we're not looking hard enough. Anyway, thanks very much for listening tonight, folks. Um, you can check out the Explaining History podcast at uh, www.explaininghistory.org. 
Um, if you can back the Patreon there, that's always helpful. It helps to keep the, the podcast going. Um, and you can check us out on YouTube too. Um, thanks very much, everybody. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.